0: And welcome to Make We Talk, the show you love, bringing you all the things African, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Today we're diving into one of the ugly topics, it's about sexual harassment in the workplace that uphill battle many women in Africa quietly face that we don't talk about that even when we do talk about sometimes it gets brushed off as something that is not an important part something that is not relevant something that is not African how do we deal with this in Africa when the notion of sexual harassment is so or seems actually so foreign to us when it's really a reality that a lot of women and some men face in the workplace as well as in society at large Today, I'm really looking forward to this show as we'll unearth the different forms of sexual harassment, the reasons why they're rarely reported, and share tips on how women and men can handle these cases without feeling victimized. We have a great show for you today, and I have two amazing guests that are with me, really excited for this conversation. The first uh, guest is Lolo Cynthia, who is a colleague, and advocacy officer at Niel. She's worked actually really deeply in women's rights and sexual health she has trained thousands of teenagers in schools and juveniles in prisons in Nigeria with her sexuality education curriculum and also facilitated lots of forms with women in grassroots communities and i'm sure she has seen a lot of cases of sexual harassment both at the community level as well as in the workplace so welcome lulu thank you so much great to have you <laughs> and the second guest amsi matiam is not only your friend But she's also a leading human resource manager in Africa, commonly described by her peers as the lady who establishes sanity in difficult environments. And I'm sure she has seen a lot of those difficult environments. Honestly, with what we're discussing today, it was really important to have somebody who has been in HR, has seen these cases and has probably had to manage some of these cases and can share tips on how young women, not so young women, men can manage cases of harassment in the workplace in an environment, like I keep saying, where in Africa, this is not really where I recognize. Welcome, MCs. Great to have you.
1: Good morning, Valerie. Good Uh, morning, Lolo.
0: Actually, great to have you back since you were on an earlier show with us um, this year. Before we get started, it's important that we lay the framework of what we mean by sexual harassment and sexual harassment in the workplace. Oftentimes when we speak sexual harassment, we tend to think sexual abuse or violence immediately, but it takes also different forms and most times much subtler forms then are harder to identify, harder to pinpoint. And because of that sometimes gets dismissed as irrelevant or non-existent. So I just want to start, ladies, by breaking it down of what we mean by sexual harassment and how it can play in the workplace. So here we're talking about unwelcome sexual advances, propositions, demands of sexual favors. We're talking about unwanted or derogatory comments or nicknames about clothing or appearance, speaking about somebody's body parts, speaking about the way those that body appears in what they're wearing. We're talking about leering and suggestive gestures and remarks or jokes that are of a sexual nature. We're talking about intrusive questioning about somebody's private life, somebody's sexuality, suggestions about how your sex life or colleague's sex life, and discussing their own sex lives in front of people without that being in, in invited or welcome. We're talking about increasingly sexual posts on social media, sending things that are uh, suggestive or unwanted, or even contacting colleagues or other people on social media, We're talking about spreading sexual rumors, which is very common, and we've seen it a lot. A woman is strong or powerful, dresses a certain way, and because she's refusing advances, people start to spread rumors to actually destroy her reputation, and there's an example that I want to bring up later. Predatory behavior, and, and that can attach itself to all of this. Physical contact, such as invasion of personal space, people coming closer, touching with the excuse of just being a friendly touch, tapping on the back, that can oftentimes become tapping on the lower back and then oftentimes becomes a rub of the shoulder. That is so, I mean, we see this all the time. Uh, what else is there? Uh, hugging or making the impression that when I greet you in the morning and in, in Francophone Africa, especially the whole kiss on the cheek, hmm. which sometimes can, you know, slide and, and and get to a point where people don't, don't want it. So as I'm sure... Uh, as I read this list, you can identify, and you've been laughing, you can, someone uh, who has experienced it, or sometimes you've seen it being done. And sometimes we don't necessarily know where the fine line is. Um, so this is where I want to start with both of you and in the studio. Just from your perspective, what? How do I, how do I say this in a way that gets to what I'm trying to get at? What is, how have you seen it play in Africa especially? And where is that fine line as you've observed it? And I'll start with you, MC.
1: Thanks, Valerie. Uh, As always, it's a pleasure to to discuss with you. Uh, And it's a very sensitive topic, as you mentioned. Um, To answer to your question, I think we cannot answer Uh, reducing the topic only to the workplace or specific situations I think the whole society the whole framework we are raised uh, as women as girls um, needs to be questioned here if you if we want to really deep dive into into that topic Um, the whole taboo around sexuality uh, the whole taboo around women's voice Mm -hmm. we are not raised to speak up mm-hmm. to let uh, the whole world know whenever something happens to us um we are i mean if if you put things in, in their context uh, context for decades we've been either somebody's daughter or somebody and then somebody's wife or somebody's sister or somebody's something, something. yes we are not individual voices individual uh, persona, mm-hmm. if I can call it like that, in, in, in most part of, of African society. Of course, there are exceptions. We are lucky enough to be in positions today where we can speak about this type of, of things very openly because we also developed our own defense mechanism. We, we have made our voices um, louder mm-hmm. because of our individual uh, journeys but we must be very aware that this is very Exceptional. Yes. The vast majority doesn't have the strength to speak up. Uh, so, so that mindset, that framework, this is what you find in the workplace. This yeah. is w- what you find in the families, in in all the places you can consider. This is just the continuation of how the society frames Operates, yeah. the place of women yeah.
0: and the voice of women. And you, Lolo, you've spent quite a lot of time working on women's voice and women's agencies, and. Even young girls' voice and young girls' agency. How have you experienced this lack of voice and how it plays out? And I think it's interesting, uh, UCMC, that when we talk workplace, it's not just that we—it's not just the office. Because workplace is also the informal workplace on the continent. Workplace is the market. Workplace is everywhere people are operating and dealing with some sort of formal or informal mm-hmm. employment and interaction. And where power actually comes into play a lot in these questions as well. How have you experienced this or seen this, little in terms of the women's agency and how that affects her response or her ability to defend herself in terms of when she's being harassed
2: Mm -hmm. just going to bounce off what you said i'm see how we live in a society where there's a culture of silence so when you go into our communities which is uh, a greater reflection of what happens in the workplaces women's ability to be silent is seen as a strength Mm -hmm. So when you are harassed and you you can just suck it up, you can handle it, it's like you're a strong woman. So that's what we teach our young girls, Mm -hmm. that if you can just handle it, if you are strong, even if something bad is happening to you, if you are strong, if you can deal with it, Mm -hmm. you're not letting anything break you. That's what makes you a a good woman. That's what makes you, in quote, a queen. And I think that translates to sexual harassment where something is happening to you no one has ever given you a word that that's harassment. You just feel, it. Mm-hmm. you just feel uncomfortable. My country, they say, "My body's doing me somehow." You just feel somehow, you know, it doesn't you feel know right. Something is not right. Is yeah. not right but maybe mm-hmm. I'm just over analyzing it. And as a strong woman, just handle it now. So in our society, and just with what I've seen as well, I think also with you know past experiences is that you go through life. Dealing with so much harassment and abuse, and you normalise it. Yes. Because nobody mm-hmm. is saying that it's harassment. Everyone is not. everyone's like you know, it's it's part of life. It's the template that you should know as a woman you are meant to expect. Mm-hmm. And if you come out and you talk about it, it's like you are breaking a code of conduct.
0: How dare you put something like that yeah. out mm-hmm. in the open space mm-hmm. when you should? You know, one, you belong to a man anyways, mm-hmm. so you shouldn't have agency. And two, just like the rest of us are suffering and dealing with this, mm-hmm. just shut up and handle it exactly. in that way. Yeah,
3: exactly.
0: Which which does lead me to say, what do we actually, um, for ourselves, what do we mean by sexual I mean, You say this thing of being uncomfortable. My body's doing me something. There's something not right. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting, we're three different women, three different countries, three different career paths. But I want to know when, when was the moment for you when you saw something or uh, what did you see? What did you feel? And you were like, "Mm, this one, I I knew it was not right, but this is definitely a case of no, can't continue. Mm. Is there, is there uh, an instance or instances where it was so glaring? It's not. Yeah. I'll just stop here. Whoever wants to start first.
1: I I can go first with what I was telling you earlier, Valérie. When I was a teenager, 15, 16, um, taking the school bus, uh, dropping me 500 meters maybe away from my home. And at some point during a full week or 10 days, this guy working there was just waiting for the bus to come and then follow me from the bus to my house. And that went on for a few really the full week or or, or 10 days with me completely uncomfortable, first of all, but also, I mean, very anxious and and feeling fear Mm -hmm. because I was 15, 16. He was a grown man. Right. Mm -hmm. It was not somebody my age. Um, and, And then what I ended up doing was just telling my mom. Uh, there, there is this guy following me every day. I'm, I'm scared now. I don't know what to do. And you know the, the story that I just told you the, other, the, the following day. My mother was just waiting for me at the door of the garage, opened the door and had a very strong, let me put it that way, conversation <laughs> with that man. And it stopped. Um, that led me, maybe that's probably where the faith in speaking up mm-hmm. came for me, mm-hmm. because I was fortunate enough to measure that circumstances like that, there is nothing I can do alone. I was scared. I was very young, not knowing what he wanted exactly. I mean, fortunately for me, I was comfortable enough to talk to my mom. Yeah, mm-hmm. to to realize that I have a support f- uh, uh, system, starting with her, with the assurance that the the, the confidence that she would believe me, mm-hmm. she would support me, mm-hmm. she would do whatever it takes to take me away from, from that, that situation. situation. So. This doesn't necessarily happen to everyone, but as far as I'm concerned, this is really what make, made me realize, okay, if something like that happened, I can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Because somebody will, will believe me, somebody yeah. will help, somebody will support, and you grow up with that. But that's that's, that's a chance, that's, yeah. that's a, a, a great luck, Yeah, you see. Um, as far as I'm concerned, this is how it really started, the sense that you can be very vulnerable, you can be exposed to so many things. It's not only the workplace, it's school. It, it can start at a very early the age. age. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the support system you have at that moment will determine the rest of your behavior when right. you face this type of situations. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Mm. It looks like you're, you're, you're thinking of something. Yeah,
2: no, <laughs> no, I am thinking. I'm just going to bounce off just what she said. Sorry, I'm not answering the question directly. It's just um, because my own personal experience is like a sharp contrast where at home is where it's not safe. When you're walking on the road and there is this, in quote, attention, when the person is waiting for you, when from home there is no attention, that person waiting for you seems so good, Mm -hmm. even if it's not right. Right. So for me, when I would know is, you know, sexual harassment in, in retrospect back then, you probably do not know, is when that attention that person is giving me, it's also accompanied with fear. Mm-hmm. But no one has told me that that fear is not normal. Ah. So you think the fear is part of the process. So if you, in my own situation, mm-hmm. it, it's the same thing. So many people i have been covered since, I don't know, for a very long time. So attention is kind of like a normal currency that I, I've grown up with. But the attention is accompanied with so much fear that I feel if I do not... Um, comply with the template the person is giving me attention i need to comply maybe i need to answer his advancement in a certain way i might be hurt so that fear of male anger or their response or what they will mm-hmm. do felt like it was a normal it's part of normal life mm-hmm. mm. but if you come from a place like you said you have the faith to go back home and say this person or when i'm walking on the road people are looking at me somehow is oh. it normal and they say no who's looking at you your child did this it gives you a reassurance that that fear that you feel isn't normal yes that attention isn't a bad thing though but it should be wanted. And I think that goes back to the harassment. Good. When it's unwanted, mm-hmm. the lurid, the fact that it's just so much, you're like,
3: mm-hmm. dude,
2: is there something on my body? Mm-hmm. But again, as a woman, I think they, especially if you're curvy, where I'm from, it's the assumption that you should be happy. That, that, that somebody that somebody's, somebody's looking at, at Noticing you. Noticing it, yes. exactly. Mm-hmm. So if you complain, you say they'll say, why you, they complain? Woman, they find, we'll go look up there are so many Mm -hmm. women looking for men who even look at them and they're looking at you and you're complaining so i think there's a a, i think when it comes to the messaging that we receive as young women in our society it's very conflicting Mm -hmm. you know i hear this but i feel this but at Mm -hmm. home this is what they tell me there is no safe space where we can just um share our experience and Mm -hmm. i think that's why i do the, the thing that i do in my communities just because Sometimes I don't even need you to give me advice. I just want you to hear me.
3: Mm-hmm. I
2: just want another person to say, "Girl, this is what I went through as well." And this one, mm-hmm. so it mm-hmm. feels like, "Oh, I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm not has- hallucinating. I'm not imagining some of these things. The way that I feel is valid as well." Mm-hmm. So I think for me, what you just said really resonated because it's it's the same experience. But the the fact that there is a safe space to go home to changes and alters the trajectory of your life and the way you um,
0: interact with <coughs> and men. That that feeds itself to who we are as adults and how we then interpret what happens to us as adults. Mm-hmm. Because there's two parts. There's the first part of what you both are saying, which is as a young girl, which that attention is inappropriate anyways. Mm-hmm. Even if it's wanted from an adult, a grown man to a 15 or 14 or 13 year old, that in itself is inappropriate. Let's not, because that child, it's a child, does not, is not adult enough to make those kinds of decisions at mm-hmm. that age and should be protected. But then how the reaction to that determines when you now go into a professional, and professional by that I mean interactions in society as an adult, how you respond to persistent advances, how you respond to somebody following you, how you respond to somebody asking you for favors. Or even comments. Or many comments. Where how are you, you supposed, to 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 Where you're supposed to say it's positive? Where are you supposed to say Thank you. Were you supposed to just smile? Where? And I think you said something earlier, MC, that also resonated, is the assumption that when when women just go from being a daughter to a husband to being somebody something, Mm -hmm. it's all men are entitled to all women. Mm -hmm. And that's the point. Any man can lay claim to any woman's bodies, mind, behavior, and women are also raised to assume that that is okay in many cases. So when it happens, it's not a recognition that it's harassment, both from the girl's perspective, as well as from the person who is demanding this. Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, a lot of boys are raised to also understand that it's okay. I don't know. Um, recently, I was uh, somebody sent me a, a video that I thought was... was Funny at first to say how we're socialized, and it. The more I looked at it, the more I was bothered, and I was like, something is wrong that I actually laugh and played with this. I have to remember the song, but it was similar to. You remember that song, Colle la petite? Mm-hmm. Like these songs that are all yeah. about, you know, encouraging, encouraging, type, stick yourself yeah. to her, yeah. rubber against her. If she says no, don't listen. She she's she pretending wants. she mm-hmm. wants it, and our music is filled with that. Yeah. Our encouragement is filled with that. The no of a woman doesn't matter. So even if you say, you continually persist, and she says no, it's like, no, 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 no. She actually wants it. Mm-hmm. And that is harassment. It's harassment but in many ways. That That's why it's a conversation that needs to happen. I mean, coming back, first
1: of all, to what you were saying, Lolo, um, for me, it highlights the importance of talking to young girls at a very early age. Absolutely. Because otherwise... You don't even know how to position yourself as a young girl, mm-hmm. growing up with a new body, um, yeah. discovering your body, discovering your femininity. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's important to, to feel that support system at this uh, young age. And it's important to be made aware that your body is your body, no matter how curvy, nice look and everything <laughs> you want, it doesn't give anyone the right... To own or comment or say anything that makes you feel uncomfortable, mm-hmm. first of all, and then coming back to to uh, what you were coming back to what you were saying, Valérie, um, in the workplace, the conversation is cr- crucial for men as well because yes. they don't measure that a comment yes. can make me uncomfortable, a joke can make me uncomfortable. If I look pretty today, I don't necessarily want you to tell me every day that I look pretty. If you tell me once, it's fine. If you tell me twice, it's fine. It's if, if every morning you come to my office specially to look at me and tell me, oh, you look pretty today. Oh, you are so beautiful today. That's a form of
0: harassment. I don't want to know. That's intense. And that's yeah, intention. Yeah, that's yeah.
1: intentional. Yeah. And the thing is that as women, you don't know how to answer how to, to that. In the very early stages of my career, um, I've, in, in the very first management positions that I had, I regularly found myself in positions where you don't have a lot of men more um, you don't have a lot of women often i'm i was the only woman um in the management team and things like that and in the beginning of my career i sincerely thought that to be taken seriously i had to avoid anything that would make me look pretty so mm-hmm. no makeup mm. no i'm yeah. um, a bit like you huh? or also the the African curves. We are all. Curves, curves. I we are, we are all <laughs> so I was convinced that okay, I had to dress in a way where nothing was visible, and and I had this se- sense that if something happens to me or if I'm not taken seriously, it, the problem comes from me. Right. It took me very long time, actually, and it took also the support system that I was talking about, role models, uh, other women around me, senior leaders, ment female mentors. It it took all of that. To make me, and it took also, of course, age, maturity, mm-hmm. um, to realize that no, the way I am, I don't owe you any explanation, or I don't, and I don't have to take, I don't actually care about your reaction to that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so whatever happens that I'm not comfortable with, I will tell you. I might tell you the hard way, yeah. and I'm okay if you think that oh, I'm being emotional now women now again mm-hmm. you cannot say anything to that but I didn't say anything yes you did it made me feel uncomfortable I don't care how you react to my
0: reaction but mm-hmm. you'll have it and I don't care what you meant by it mm-hmm. yeah. the thing is what you can you'll say, have it you have it Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. but that takes time that takes a lot of bad experiences sometimes and that takes also a certain courage or assurance that if you do that not, nothing will happen to you which is not the case for a lot of young girls, young women in the workplace or elsewhere. They have this very strong feeling that if they talk, if they stand up for themselves, the
0: consequences will be on them. Yeah, and this is where I want to take us you now see? to talking about we all agree that all of it is a reflection of our larger society, mm. but societies do change um, in the way that if we're conscious and people start taking steps, whether it's you, Lolo, in the work that you do on sexual education on young girls, but also you do a lot of, you've done a lot of work and you do a lot of work in in helping parents speak to their kids about their bodies, about sexuality in a way that protects them. And UMC as well, just making sure that in the environments where you're responsible for creating an environment where everybody feels comfortable and everybody is able to work, that we start to put those seeds where in our spaces of influence, women are actually protected. And I think part of that is starting to see businesses, families, communities, schools that take it seriously. Mm -hmm. I remember one of the things that was this was very important to me and and I've always said the fact that I run a business I'm going to make sure that everybody that steps within this space is going to be safe and sexual harassment has always been a big part of that so we have a very strong sexual harassment policy a one strike you out sexual harassment policy, uh, of course, with the um, investigations that need to come with with the process and stuff like that to make sure that it is a fair process. But you realize even within these cases, I remember once when we first did the the first sexual harassment training, because there had been uh, some things that had been happening and things that I've heard, pretty egregious things, to assume that it's actually because people don't know. So we start with the assumption that maybe it's because people don't know what is sexual harassment. So we do a training and I remember this very clearly. Somebody was angry. A man? Oh yes. <laughs> very angry. You could tell that the idea that what he was doing he could not do anymore was a problem and he felt entitled to it. Mm-hmm. So And he probably didn't see what was wrong. Absolutely. With what he was doing. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. I mean, for this one, I, I do think when, when people show their body parts to a colleague, they know that okay. something is wrong. No, there, there's limits okay. to okay. it's not just that you're pretty today. Mm-hmm. There, there's, uh. there's limits. When people show things that, are not, that they would not even talk about, I think mm-hmm. there's limits. But it's also how do we continually establish safe spaces? And your mother establish a safe space for you. Other people may establish a safe space for you. I had safe spaces wherever I went. But it's also creating those spaces that eventually will start to flip into the system. Because we hear oftentimes, no, in Africa, this is not something that matters. We operate differently. Our norms are different. But because we're not trying to respect the fact that women aren't comfortable in Africa. It's mm-hmm. assuming that yeah. when we talk, you you just know the, the discomfort. You feel it, right? Anything it's
1: very deeply rooted you you were mentioning what you put in place in your work environment to make sure everybody feels comfortable more and more eh, you will see in uh, in big companies let's be honest and most of the time it's multinationals Mm -hmm. it's big companies and we know it's a minority in our economic environment but still it's a good start a lot of those companies will start to have whistle-blow systems or Mm -hmm. anonymous speak-up systems where you can go and and just share what you saw, not only related to sexual harassment, but any other business-related thing that is not compliance, And you can just talk about it in an anonymous way and and, uh, with the assurance that there will be an, an investigation or something. Sometimes those systems exist. But then what do you notice? In our countries even in cases of clear, obvious sexual harassment. And I've, I've, I've seen that, I've experienced that, mm-hmm. where we were all encouraged, and as the HR person, I knew about the situation, tried to address it, but, but still said to that young woman, let's do let's raise the case in in the whistleblow system because this needs to be higher Mm -hmm. this needs to go higher because obviously when we try to manage it locally you see what happens Mm -hmm. nobody's moving Mm -hmm. and we are just talking the two of us on our own so let's escalate that and then she didn't want to use that system by fear of the consequences on her reputation on her job not willing also to ruin the reputation of the 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 man involved because mm. oh no he's he's a manager i can nah, i'm saying i cannot do that i have this see so at some point well. protecting who uh protecting you know your your enemy the aggressor en, entre guillemets, the aggressor protecting the aggressor becomes more important than protecting your own well-being and and comfort and and your 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 own experience, you value what you experience less than what the, the aggressor will experience. Mm-hmm. So you see, it means that it, it's, it's a deep issue because mm-hmm. no, no, no matter what form it can take in the workplace, it will not address the issue because yeah. whatever system exists in the workplace, it will not replace how you build and strengthen your own mindset how you value yourself as a woman and what are your own defense mechanism. Somebody cannot build them for you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At some point, you need to start building them for yourself. And that's the hard part, yeah. Valérie. That's the whole challenge.
2: I think this goes back to the issue of self-agency, the, the, the self-esteem that we foster mm-hmm. in young girls. I don't want to generalize but a lot of women have very low self-esteem True, our sense of what is very very minimal that we believe that just like i said our strength is being able to handle whether it's discomfort harassment abuse being able to handle that makes you feel like you have a higher sense of self but the truth is that actually fighting against it is what builds your self-esteem so i think again goes back to the messaging we need to go back and tell the young girls that your body like you said belongs to you you should when you say when you report abuse you're so afraid of the consequences i think we need to reverse that we need to teach girls that sometimes it's okay to accept the consequences mm-hmm. it's okay to be it's okay to say i know i'm going to be punished for this but i believe So much in myself that I don't care what comes after. That's actually what builds the fear in men not to treat you the way they do. Mm -hmm. There is this idea of the fear of men that we are so afraid of the consequences of what a man is going to do that we continue to minimize ourselves. And men know that. So they're going to continue to use that against women. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to build the sense of what in young girls from young girls to young women and even grown women Mm -hmm. to let them know that whatever you're feeling is valid. You don't need to protect the other person Mm -hmm. just because you want to minimize what you're feeling. And again, if you have been groomed in a society that you don't matter, Mm -hmm. it's just going to manifest in different places and in different vacuums. And the the fact that you're going to protect your abuser, if you've been abused, many people don't report because they're trying to protect the abuser. They feel like I can handle it, but what would happen to that abuser might be worse. But they don't see how it's actually impacting them. So again, going back to building the self-esteem of young girls and letting them know this is something that nobody can do for you. If you put up a system where we we tell women in the office, report. If something happens, report. If they don't have the courage to report, nothing is going to happen. Even if they do report, once they see that they are... um, they're going to be actions for the perpetrator mm-hmm. or the predator. They take back what they said.
0: Yeah. I had a conversation mm-hmm. like that where it was very clear of a case, and the person said to me, uh, "I'm I'm talking about it, but I'm not I'm not filing a complaint."
2: Mm-hmm. I'm
0: like, "We're not there yet. Just mm-hmm. talk. Let's let's hear this." And then it kept co- going back to, um, "I'm like, why? What what is wrong? Why are you afraid of of?" take letting something take its course and the answer i got was well he might lose his job and i said those will be a consequence of the choices he made not of the choices you made he made a choice Uh in doing what he has done Uh but because that was one but then the other thing which the social pressure is it's not even what the man will do or in case of men being harassed it's not because of what the person will do is because of the taboo there is around sexuality, around body, and how there will be complete societal blame on the person, oh, and especially on the woman, mm-hmm. who might lose her job, will be shunned by her colleagues. People will doubt. I mean, there's always a, you're too sensitive. There's always a, yeah. what brought you here? There are always a, what did you do? Mm-hmm. We had a, 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 another case where, and this is when we realized we needed a refresher in the training and just going back Young people, all young, you know, starting their careers, and you had a a, a man who told two young women, um, "Your dresses are too tight. How can you come to work like your 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 behind is really hugged by your dress, your dress just making bodily comments mm-hmm. to them, and their response was, "Ah, then you need to buy us more clothes." So you see the yeah, the, yeah. the acceptance that mm-hmm. it's okay for somebody to make those comments, and that how do you then put yourself in this position is also how we go back to that society mm-hmm. and how conversation with we're not, we haven't even yet talked about power. This is just uh-huh. even within peers. Power, again, plays a huge other part in this conversation around sexual harassment. But the assumption that it is okay to banter and that if you step outside of this type of conversation, somehow you're breaking the fun. You're breaking the cycle. You're not mm-hmm. supposed to be uncomfortable with it. Not only are you supposed to be strong and take the abuse, but it's not really abuse, right? Uh-huh. It's not really harassment. Compliment. It's a compliment. It's a compliment. It's hey, a compliment. You should and, be happy. And also, it, it
1: goes back to something else. If as a woman you are single, the pressure to find a husband. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in your own 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 mind, you say, "Oh, oh, he's if he's joking like that with me. Oh, maybe it can <laughs> lead to something, hmm. and maybe I can find a husband there." So it encourages you also to accept a lot of borderline things because of that wider concepts this wider setup of the society so it it boils down once again to what you were saying in terms of how do you position yourself as a woman in the workplace how do you want to come across what do you value Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, because at the end of the day yeah people tend to take you the way you come if straight from the beginning it is clear that okay you joked once i didn't say anything i smiled You joke twice, I didn't say anything, I smiled. The third time, this will fire back on you Mm -hmm. because I didn't like it the whole time. Well, the first time, you won't necessarily come. You will go in the corridors and say, ah, this woman, mm, Mm -hmm. she's difficult. She's like this, she's like that. That's okay. I need to build my own ability to live with that.
0: One of the things that I want us to I want to move the conversation to, and we'll take a break and come back, is we're talking a lot about the woman individually bringing, building her own confidence yeah. and her own strength, and her own. But when we started the conversation, we're not raised this way. We are not. So the the chances that uh, most women or most young women will be able to build that is very little. So what can we actually do to shift the norms? not only from a individual woman's perspective, but also from a general perspective, because the fact is our society makes it difficult for women to do that, and mm-hmm. the fear of repercussions are harder for them. There was this uh, example, this thing that I saw, one of the things that actually led a bit, contributed to uh, the concept for this show, is I was reading on, on social media this guy who put in a story in, the, in a Am I an Asshole post, where... He, a new colleague came in, a young woman, he started asking her out repeatedly. She kept saying no. He kept asking her out. She said no. He kept asking her out. Like, just this is harassment itself. Unwanted, attention, persistence, Mm -hmm. and not taking no for answer. And then eventually he saw that she has started dating somebody else. And in a work meeting, when she wasn't there, started lying, bashing her, and just saying all things just because he was hurt that she didn't take his advances. Right. Mm -hmm. And the thing that ended up working out for her is that the boyfriend was there and he ended up saying, no, the reason you're doing this is because she didn't want your advances. And this is what actually gave some credibility to the girl. But had she been there, it's another man also yeah. validating, defending her, validating defending her, and her. validating her experience, okay. but she would have had a hard time at work mm-hmm. if no other person was there, and started to creating an identity of her. She's difficult, she doesn't do her work, she's not a team player, she's not this, just because she has mm-hmm. refused advances of a man. So I think one of the things that I want to come back after we take a break, is what can we do more generally, and how can we give tips and tools to women who don't feel strong enough and i think we need to accept that it's just not just asking women to go fight be strong be out there because we don't know the consequences mm-hmm. and how that would affect her own livelihood how it'll affect her life and her safety what can a young woman or somebody starting in the work or just being generally interacting in the workplace and you know i also want to talk about men as well what can they do to stifle, to protect themselves, but also to keep it from happening. And then, how do they respond in cases like this? So, let's take a break and we'll be right back. This is Make We Talk.
1: Salam, salam. You are listening to Make We Talk with Valerie Traoré on WADR 94.9. Africa. Africa. Africa Are you ready? We Need to Talk is back, back With a second season Make We Talk with your host, Valerie Traore, Traore. Traore. This season, it will be more fun with, with more insight on major issues And other issues
0: that affect you I ask myself always, did we take uh, enough time to see And intention you. is key And we have this debate on the N-word Show uh, by everything that we need to talk about in Africa There are so many things so Join Valerie every first Friday of
1: the month at 7.30pm On West Africa Democracy Radio, 94.9 FM Dakar Make We Talk. Don't miss it.
0: Welcome back, everyone. This is Make We Talk with Valerie Traoré. We've been having an amazing conversation with Lolo MMC that started out as a conversation about sexual harassment in the workplace, but then that diverted to the general notion of sexual harassment period a women's agency because sexual harassment in the workplace is only an extension of the societies in which we live and a society that doesn't recognize it as harassment um, doesn't allow for people to speak up and that is in general quite secretive about things like this and and we don't necessarily have the, the space when we talk about harassment it even becomes a deeper and more difficult topic, not only because the society that we live in is what it is, but when you add elements of power and power dynamics in it, Uh, first of all, somebody trying to keep her job, there's already a power dynamics there. Uh, Somebody trying to make a living, there's a power dynamic there. Somebody that recognizes the male-dominated society within which she lives, there's a power dynamic there. But then when you add the boss, the big Oga, the one with the resources, the one who can make decisions, things become even different, whether it's within your workplace or even outside. So I wanna lead us into a conversation about what have you done? What have you seen done that can be helpful to making sure that women who are listening, uh, male allies who are listening can also step in there and make sure that with every single step that we do, we're able to continually push and support women and being able to live and feel safe in the environment in which I work. Mm-hmm. Any initial thoughts? I have some, but I'll let you guys get started.
2: My initial thought would be the, well, be your sister's keeper is really what I talk about all the time, how you need to step in when you see someone is being violated. Just a quick mm-hmm. example. You're walking on the road and you can see that this man is pestering this girl. You know, you know the look, you know, you just know what it feels like. It's very easy for you to just walk up to her and say, oh my God. I've been waiting for you. Let's go. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple thing, and it takes you really less than two minutes, but you have helped her in that situation, which she's going to be very grateful for. It's it those lead to um, normal human daily interaction that you can step in to help a friend or, or, or a complete stranger who's been harassed. And I think another thing is just. Going to handle the situation. I want to use a, a quick example. So my my younger sister, I think she was in maybe GSS two. I don't know what that's called here, yeah, Grade five or something. How old? She's, that will help people. Okay, she she was uh, eleven okay. then, eleven mm-hmm. years old. So she came she came back home and she, I just when she was talking like there's this girl in my class. We we're talking about this teacher that is always you know coming to hug her, make fun of her, something like that. Just you know after school gisting with me and I'm like hmm, okay all right. She goes to school. Eleven o'clock. I'm in her school. Mm-hmm. And I'm with the principal. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so there is something happening in the school with the, I called her, I called the girl, they called the other student. They made it like a proper a proper meeting. And the teachers are, you know, when the students talk, teachers are like, shut up. I'm like, no, no, no. I turned it into a, it was a full investigation. At the end of the thing, they had to fire the man. Mm-hmm. And when my sister came home, she started telling me how everyone in her class was like, you're, you're so lucky, your sister comes home to fight for you and stuff. So when anything like that happens in the school, I'm like the first point of contact mm-hmm. because I also train in that school. So I think there are certain times where you have to take action. Yes. You hear it, but what do you do after? Mm-hmm. I could have said, hey, that's so bad. That is so terrible. But taking the effort and saying, I want to make the change that I want to see. So I think sometimes we just need to really add, um, take up the mantra. It's good to speak, but you need to walk the walk as well. So I think those little, mm-hmm. little things come up
0: they're not little because they're also going back to the initial conversation they're making sure that your sister and her friends know that there is a safe space. That is a starting point, mm-hmm. that they can keep on talking, that if something else <coughs> happens, that they will have a, an ear and a friendly ear. And that raises their own confidence. And eventually we keep talking about women need to do this, but we have to be examples to also show that mm-hmm. when you are opening those doors and when you are being confident that you get a friendly landing space mm-hmm. and not a, a, a bashing that will then shut you back into your little mm-hmm. corner and say, go back to your place as a, as a young woman. So I, I think it's really starts from there, show that
1: we care enough uh, to be there for our younger sisters or for women who are less privileged than we are in terms of
0: how openly we can speak up.
1: Yeah, it, That's,
3: it's, that's it's the important. first thing yeah. for me. Uh-huh.
0: It's, it's really, really important. And in a sense, it allows for a continuation of the process because sometimes whistleblowing, I really believe in whistleblowing and I believe in getting the perpetrator to stop and I believe in action and against the perpetrator because that's where we'll also get change but not at the detriment of the person's safety Mm -hmm. because sometimes by running too fast into uh, putting it out there, into screaming, you're actually doing more harm. You just expose her her more. Expose Mm -hmm. her more uh, to more harm later. So it's really about pain. First, listening. And Or even, I think you were saying, MC, uh, off mic when we are talking about paying attention. Somebody doesn't have to speak to you for you to see that something is happening mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or that something is wrong. We all know, and this is where you know men and women both, you can see something that doesn't feel right, see something that is pushing, and not automatically go through the assumption of she wants it mm-hmm. or he wants it mm-hmm. in the case of men that are being harassed, that somehow they enjoy it. But w- seeing it and then maybe reaching out to somebody that you see is in an uncomfortable space and say, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Is something going on? Do you need me? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it's also just making sure that that harasser knows that somebody knows. Mm-hmm. Somebody, else knows. somebody else knows. Somebody else knows. Somebody else sees. Yeah. Yeah. That alone can be a, a, a deterrent for mm-hmm. them to to put back. Completely. And th- there's... Um, an anecdote, of what, this is when I was really just starting in my career and doing a lot of policy work and advocacy. And when you go into, into political spaces, it's even nastier. Um, and and the more power people yeah. have, the more they feel entitled uh, to it. I had um, one, in in those spaces. sometimes, it's just acting like you didn't see it and, and as persistent as it was. I was in a meeting and there was an ambassador sitting next to me. We'll not name the country. And as we we're speaking, um, in it's a meeting of a hundred people and he just happened to be sitting next to me. And he goes, uh, we started talking, we, we started talking about career. He's like, oh, I have an open position. And I was like, I'm good where I am, but it's interesting. He's like, which hotel are you staying at? And I answered it, this one because there were two major hotels that this conference was happening in. One where we were sitting there, which is where I was staying, and another one. So I just said, I'm here. And then at some point in the meeting, they kick us all civil society out and they stay between governments. So I go out in, in the town and just do my business and I come back and when I come back to the hotel, I see him and he's walking towards me and said, where were you, you, you lied, you're not here. I'm like, what, what happened? He's like, I went and knocked at your door. And I'm like, why did you knock on my door? He's like, no, I was looking for you. I'm like, why did you knock at my hotel door?
2: No, you, you <laughs> said you
0: were here. And I was like, you could have left a message at the reception. Why? Why are you at my door? And then he just, I just walked away, went back, went and got a book, went back and sat down and he just kept back and following me and following me everywhere. So I ended up finding another group of women that were sitting there that I didn't even know. And I just went and said, with. Well, I was like, hi, ladies, how are you? Just so I could feel mm-hmm. like I was somewhere else where he wouldn't come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So these are things also that in terms of looking at spaces where you can insert yourself that if, if whether you're walking down the street or whether somebody will always trying to find a way to isolate you, mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. do you then refuse that isolation and make sure that you put yourself in other situations? And there was in that particular meeting, this is a story that didn't happen to me, but the the minister of trade of the country we were in saw another young woman that he I guess crushed on, and he just walked to her, gave her a phone. Because he didn't even want to ask her for her phone number, right? Mm -hmm. This is this is, you know, entitled man at its best. Hands her a phone and say, "So that he can call." I'm calling you later for dinner, and walked away. No, no, are you interested? No, No, Uh hi, what is your name? None of that. Just hands her a phone and walks away. He calls later and says, "Will you come to dinner? I'll send you the driver." He didn't say, come by yourself. So this is where she went to her boss and said, this is happening. The boss says, ha, you have to go now. And yes, the boss says, you have to go now because this is, you know, political Mm -hmm. things. And a male colleague of hers was there. And he goes, I'll go with you because he never said, come alone. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: So she went to dinner. But she went with a male colleague to dinner with he mm-hmm. couldn't so these are the things of just a liarship that you can just stand mm-hmm. with somebody when you know they're being put in a difficult situation where power is at play, where alone they cannot manage yeah. it. Mm-hmm. How do you step up the same way I'm seeing you' were saying going into the office mm-hmm. all the time with her, or if it's happening to you, just finding groups of people that you can insert yourself in. Or friends walking mm-hmm. home with other people, sh- asking to share an office with other people, asking not to be alone with that person—just things like that—that that you can continually do to be able to protect yourself. But yeah. it shows you how deep it goes
1: in terms of the the image of mm-hmm. women. Uh, when you travel for for your work, when you are alone in a hotel, you are seen as a target yes. and mm-hmm. as an easy target. Mm-hmm you see there is no absolutely no conception of okay she's a woman traveling coming maybe for business maybe she's having lunch alone in the hotel mm-hmm. restaurant it doesn't mean sitting alone at the table doesn't mean you are inviting yes mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. that's something necessarily. that <laughs> oh, i think it happened to, to us. all of everybody hundred mm. times in all I've, I've never been i think in in a work trip uh, sitting in the restaurant without somebody coming and trying to see if they could have mm-hmm. lunch or dinner with me. I think it never happened to because me. Because the assumption so is I, that yeah, you're the, just there waiting yeah. for somebody
0: to come. Yep. So
1: the, what I ended up doing was systematically have room service. I don't go. Oh, I have I not looked. done that. I but, did the but op- that, And that's a pity mm. because it shows that, okay, at some point this is The options that we have, withdraw ourselves, hide ourselves, shrink. If you are a pretty woman, uh, if you are a curvy, beautiful African woman, like you are, Lolo. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not harassment,
0: that's a compliment because
1: it comes from a female. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you, you have to hide yourself because yeah. anything could be seen as an invite for this type of behavior. So so this is how bad it is, how yeah. deeply it goes mm-hmm. from a social point of view. Yeah.
2: yeah. I think also, I don't even know how appropriate it is to say this on air, but I think women need to also learn to play dirty. And how, what, what do I mean? It's I think women need to know that there are tricks and tips that they can use to I don't want to use the word blackmail. But blackmail is probably the word that is appropriate mm-hmm. for it. Especially maybe it's a situation of a, a professor. Mm-hmm. Who is telling you, if you don't do this, I can't give you your grades. I think we, we tell women, yes, it's good to find a It's good to, you know, report. But there are situations where there's literally nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. You're in a university where there no Who is going to protect you? Nobody is going to do anything. We need to let women know that it's okay to get your hands dirty. Mm-hmm. I completely approve the blackmail, I think, go there, No plan it, record it, Yes. and tell the sure. guy, if you don't do this, this is going to leak. Mm-hmm. Of course, it does come with consequences, but doing nothing also has its own consequences. You are going to be harassed for a very long time. So I think it goes back to the emboldenment of women, letting them know that man is playing dirty, then you need to play dirtier. So let him know that. Sorry, pigeon. They say where your craze stop. Now where my own start. So your crazy.
0: Yeah. Yes. Where you end is where I I begin. Yeah. Don't don't play with me. Don't play with me.
2: (laughs) Exactly. So I think we we need to also share stories of women who have done things like that, who have dared, Mm -hmm. and who have won. I think they share story of women who have dared and who have been punished. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you dare and you're like, hey, what if I, this man is going to attack me? But there are women who have, de- there are thousands who have dared and who have won. But they don't say anything because mm-hmm. they've won and they just <coughs> move on. Mm-hmm. So I think it goes back to media. There need to be representation.
0: Yeah, We
2: need to have stories of women who have, have been harassed. They reported to their boss, something happened. They've been harassed. They did what they had to do in their own personal capacity. And, you know, they were successful in that. I think just planting those seeds there... At the, in the back of the, the minds of the young women, we let them know that there are ways that they can handle this situation.
0: One of the things that link to what you said that I've said to, to, to somebody actually really recently is record everything. Yeah. Even if you're not ready yet to do something about it, because it might take time to get to be emboldened about it. And sometimes we're not even sure that it's harassment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we said in the beginning, you're a little bit uncomfortable. You don't know what that is. And I say your feelings are valid. If you don't like it, Just accept that it is valid. Start to record everything. Anytime you're in that person's presence, hit record. Before you get into that, you can delete. Every interaction, let it be recorded. Mm -hmm. Because one, society oftentimes refuses to believe women. And it's going to be, what did you do? What were mm-hmm. you wearing? What did you mm-hmm. say? How did you sit? Where were you exposed? You. So just beyond that, start to record, because that's also something that you can use against the person mm-hmm. eventually. And if your environment of society, such as your work does not listen in terms of whistleblowing. Like you said, Lolo. media will do a job. It may not do a final <laughs> job. It may not do a definite job because our side is also a little bit hypocritical. Yeah. As much as we accept these things, mm-hmm. when it's publicly exposed, everybody wants to act as if we don't like it or mm-hmm. shocked by it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in that way, business would actually distance themselves or brands yeah. will dis- from that person. So you do have that angle. And I agree with you. Why protect the perpetrator? So mm-hmm. you want to use the word blackmail? Mm-hmm. I say, you're being attacked. Retaliate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is an attack. Retaliate. Absolutely. So, But the first thing I would say is recording, 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 recording. So most people have a phone. Um, use it. And whatever you'll do with it later, that's another conversation. And perhaps get guidance, speak to other people, show it to friends, and then figure out what to do next with it. But I do agree. Retaliation yeah. um, is important. But once you think of strategy. Not all strategies mm-hmm. are adequate, and finally retaliate
2: on social media. Get now. them,
0: get them, e. retaliate. I don't think in. Si- I don't believe in sitting down and then letting this continuing forever. Um If blackmailing is the way, blackmail. If exposure is the way, exposure. Mm-hmm. And this is where we will end this I'd, conversation. I'd like to
1: share with you the advice from one of my mentors mm-hmm. when I was a very young HR professional. <coughs> Had a female men- mentor. From Kenya, and she used to tell me, "I used, I was complaining about I don't know what." And she looked at me and said, "Girl, you're very young. Let me tell you something: if somebody wants to check your temperature, burn them." (laughs) (laughs) And I I built all my professional mindset as a woman with that in mind. A woman who burns. Don't test my temperature, (laughs) because I'll burn you.
0: This is a great way to end. Let's be hard enough and fiery enough that if people want to test it, Mm -hmm. what they will receive (laughs) is fire. It's fire and heat so bad that not only (laughs) will it burn them, but it will burn their fingers to the point where they won't be able to put those fingers on somebody else and make sure we have ended that there.
1: I hope we'll inspire other young girls, young women to just, you know, develop this fire in them Mm -hmm. so that it comes with self-confidence, with trust, with identifying
0: where your support can come from and yeah and inspire older women once to pay attention Mm -hmm. to pay attention to not only remember what they have lived through in their own experiences and to be able to see when somebody else is living through that Mm -hmm. because we almost can all of us can relate to something But paying attention to when that is happening to somebody else and what can we do that perhaps wasn't done for us is the best way we can actually uh, hand over the baton and make sure that this ends. Well, ladies, we could talk about this all day as usual, Um, but uh, we have to close it off. It's only an hour that we have. This has been an amazing discussion. And I just want to thank you both for the tips, for the tools, for the anecdotes, for the experiences. Uh, For the conversation for the banter and really hoping that this is going to uh, lead at least add a little drop even if it's one drop in the ocean to help others be able to stifle and defend this as we move forward. I want to ask from our listeners, other people that are going to be hearing this, how have you seen it? How have you faced it? How have you dealt with it? Did you go the friend route? Did you go the support route? Or did you go the Lolo route? I'll call it that. <laughs> I'll, I'll call it the the, the Lolo way uh, for now. Drop your comments on social media. It has been amazing to talk to all of you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you all for listening. It has been great once again to be with y'all. Um, follow us on all things social media. Make.we.talk on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. Follow us, join the conversation. It has been amazing. Thank you for listening in Nigeria, in Ghana, Sierra Leone, Liberia, Senegal, as well as Ghana. It's been great and uh, see you again soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.